the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Of war cries there at the beginning of the program. That's that's the way to get started. That's uh, 
gets my juices flowing. Good to talk with you folks. Glad you're here for the Bible Live, the quiz show. We do have some questions here in front of us. Uh, our Bible reading for this past week, uh, and I, I am working real hard. We're going to get that website going. We're going to get you where you can know every week. We're following the same Bible reading schedule we have followed for 15 years. Uh, we are into the book of Job in the Tanakh, in the whole the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. And we are going to, we read this past week from Job chapter 38 through 42. And this, those closing chapters of the book of Job were, uh, they contain at the end of all of the discussions, Job and his three friends and all of their commentary and all of their, their arguments and back and forth about why, what causes Job's suffering and his difficulties. Uh, finally, God chimes in. God comes in and, and, and talks and, uh, visits with Job and explains some things, clarifies some issues, and kind of, I think, kind of clears the deck in a way and uh, brings some closure to the program. So we we have those chapters tonight uh, from Job chapters 38 through 42. We also read the entire book of Ecclesiastes and the entire book of the Song of Songs, or called uh, isn't it also called Song of Solomon? Or yeah, sometimes, like yeah. Sometimes. Uh, you can give us some uh, background. There's some important events in the, from uh, the Jewish calendar, as always. Oh, yes. Always, always. This could week, I, we'll talk I, about those. Could Jacob I apologize? Is here. And then we'll read the book of Galatians. We'll go over oh. into, uh, we also finished the entire book, five chapters of the book of Galatians. So we'll give you a lot of variety of questions tonight from those books, and you can answer. You can discuss those books. We can talk about the Bible. We can talk about uh, the message of the Bible. Anything, all things biblical. Maybe you've been struggling a little bit about, with the idea of faith or wanting to know what it's all about. What is this? What is the Bible all about? And maybe you have some questions about its uh, reliability and so on. Whatever it might be on your mind, you can always give us a call, 340-9585, all during the next 90 minutes of the Bible Live program. Jacob, you got something for us, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I want to say uh, I am hoarse tonight because I have been ill, so I apologize to everybody because I, I can tell I am hoarse. He's a little hoarse, yeah. Yes, it's better being than a little frog. That's right. I think, I agree. I like frogs as well, though. I mean... Uh, I like Kermit's I like well my, frogs, well horses, well me. Yeah. Kermit is one of my favorite guys. <laughs> yeah. and he's he's in love with a pig, you know. Right. I know. <laughs> well, I don't mind pigs either. I raised pigs when I was in. I, I was a farm boy. I uh, was. I raised hogs. As well, a, we, now we, I shouldn't be admitting that to a Jewish person, no, right? Okay. Is that we had horses? Uh huh. All right. But we didn't eat them. And you are a little. <laughs> But we didn't eat them. That is so funny. We don't eat them in our world. But of course, if you were born in Mongolia, that'd be a perfectly good. Well, actually, in all fairness, there is no prohibition for a, a, a non-Jew to eat pork or right. You know, they can it. eat no. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just not really something we do in this country. I guess uh, our dogs do. I guess isn't that what horse meat? Sometimes they use. Well, you know, pigs are smarter than dogs, and we eat pigs. Why don't we eat dogs? I don't think their IQ has anything to do with whether or not we eat them. I don't believe so. I, well, I always maybe t- it does. I heard that from a biological professor when I was in college, and he said that really makes you think twice. If aliens come down here, do they eat us because we're smarter than pigs? Wow, what a thought! Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, but I am hoarse, and I want to apologize. All right, you don't and, need to and, apologize. And could I give a thirty-second thing? You about sound better than you've ever sounded. 
Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and you know what? Coming from you, that means a lot. That means a lot, yes. Uh, can I share something? Please. Are you going to talk about the calendar or yeah, not? Yeah, if you don't mind. Does your, does your smartphone have the Jewish calendar on it? Is that, I mean, do you just operate and live your life based on, because you always, every week, you always have some event, some day, uh-huh. some special occasion. I, the Jews, there are groups of Jews that spend their entire lives watching the calendar and coordinating all the historical events. And, yes, I do have access to those. That's how I know all this. Uh, well, that's great to hear. Well, I don't really so I know today's date. It's not really today. It's yesterday, Saturday, uh-huh. the Sabbath day, was the anniversary of of something to do with Moses when he came down from Mount Sinai. Uh, if I remember that's true. That's true. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead for it. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Go all right. Go. Didn't uh, Moses went up on Mount Sinai. He was up there for 40 days, 40 days, 40 nights, right? Yes. And they began to worry about him not coming down. And somehow, and you'll you'll unscrew the inscrutable for us here, somehow they got mixed up down on the bottom, the Aaron and all the leaders, and somehow they, they, there was a group that talked Aaron into building a golden idol, a calf. Yes. And... Moses came down and saw that, and there was a big wild party going on or some kind. And somehow this, I mean, obviously, you know, God was displeased. Moses was displeased. And he broke that first set of uh, the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God. Uh-huh. He broke them in his anger. And, and of course, they, this brought about a time of judgment on on those who had disobeyed God in idolatry and so on. Uh, but that's that's the thing that was that happened yesterday, right? Uh, I mean, they built the calf Thursday this last Thursday. Okay. Friday Moses came down, and on uh, Friday Saturday because the days overlapped for okay. us, and that's when he broke the tablets on the calf, and indeed that is a day in history that took place. But would you like to hear a couple other things? Yeah. Okay. So that's the day Moses broke the gold, the tablets on the golden calf. All right, at Mount Sinai. Uh-huh. It is also the day in history when uh, the beginning of the destruction of both uh, of both temples, first by the Babylonians, and second five eighty six B.C. Uh-huh. Well, but the actual days, huh? But about they, a thousand years after Moses, I guess. Yeah, somewhere around there, right? Okay. When I said go ahead, that meant like for the first part. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so um, what I'm trying to say very succinctly is both temples ended up being destroyed on the same day in history. That day in history is actually the same day that Moses broke the tablets. It's also a day, believe it or not, that um, wow. that the uh, they had placed before the destruction of the temple a giant life-size statue of Caligula, a year or two before, but on that very day, inside the temple. And course, that, that happened on the same day as well? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. My land. How many years after that event, uh-huh. the placing of that statue uh-huh. in yes. the temple uh-huh. in Jerusalem, yes. how many years after that was, it was Vesputin? Which, which, was which Vesputin was emperor, yes. The emperor that destroyed the temple in uh, 70 AD. How many years before... Uh, the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D., uh, how many years did was it before that that they put this this statue? I'm not real sure, but I believe it was two years, but it was on actually the day. The same and day. And so if you want to start making wow. some type of... You know, actually, I do want to say that the walls around Jerusalem were, were broke down. 
This begins a period called the three weeks of mourning in the Jewish world. The walls around Jerusalem were broken down? Yes. When are you talking about? When? 80, 70? Uh, right now I'm talking about 70. Uh-huh. Okay. And so they were broken down on this day. And on the ninth of Ab, which is three weeks from now, is when the final conclusion happened when the temple under the Romans was totally destroyed and set on fire. And... Some and the first temple was totally destroyed by the Babylonians. So it, we could say it's very mystical, or we could say the Romans are very educated, knew the date, and meant that anniversary to mean something. Whatever it is, they knew the date. It's the same date in history that Moses though broke the tablets. It's the same day the idols were put into the temple. So the Jews understand this. I'm sure y'all connect those three days, yeah, those yeah. four. Yeah, sure, because events, it's right. all got to do. A golden calf, by the way, the golden calf was not built by the Jews. Right. The, they, uh, the Egyptians and the other folks, it's called the mixed multitude, built the golden calf. But when the, the Jews went along with it, their sin was accepting the God of another. That's their sin. So they did go along with it, but they didn't build it. Right. And it doesn't even say that in, uh, in uh, uh, Exodus. It says that, uh, it says, look what these people have done. They made me do this. Anyway, um, but to get to the point. That was the, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Giving, explaining himself and why he did yeah. this to Moses, right? I mean, right. that must have been a hard meeting to attend. right? There. That's why when they say to, they said, look, Israel, here is your God. Well, the Jews are not talking to themselves. Anyway, so the point is that all these things happened. Then on the ninth of Ab, just, this is a three-week period of mourning that mm. the Jews call it. And they generally, traditionally, do not have big celebrations, weddings during this period. Because this is the beginning of the destruction of temples. And both temples were ultimately destroyed three weeks from now on the 9th of Av, they call it. So it's a very interesting coincidence. All these things and all have to do with having another idol, whether it was the golden calf or it was in both temples. And not following God. So that's the link that you draw between these Three or four, if you throw in the the, the putting of the uh, statue, I would connect the putting in the statue of Caligula mm-hmm. in the temple with the the judgment or the, uh, the destruction of the temple that came two years later, as you say, in AD seventy. But these three major, to me, it is astounding that all three of those uh, the the judgment that came on Israel because of the uh, building of the the calf, the golden calf at Mount Sinai. And somewhere around, what was that? Somewhere around a thousand. Um, I, I forgot the date of that. Twelve fifty or something well, like that. I'm lost. What are you talking? The about? date of uh, the, the at Mount Sinai would that be about thirteen hundred BC? Uh it's thirteen thirteen. Okay, that's around there. BC and, BC uh, BCE. Yeah. Okay, and then you have uh, five eighty six BC. The destruction of the temple in uh, and it's if you want to know from the date of creation from Adam, it's uh, the Ten Commandments were given two thousand four hundred and forty-eight years. Now, if you start at Adam, that's when the Ten Commandments. Was. If we use the term BC or BCE, that would be thirteen thirteen. I see. I see. Okay. Well, that was more information than I wanted. I was just trying. <laughs> okay. no. I was just putting the, these three major events, each of them having to do with idolatry. Uh huh each of them having to do with the disobedience on the part of Israel. I mean, what link, and I'm sure, I'm I'm guessing that the Jewish rabbis and scholars and 
people through the centuries, you've connected. And the fact that those three events happened on the same date uh-huh. is a coinciding way beyond. I mean, it sounds like it couldn't be a coincidence. Right. And so I'm sure you all draw a link between those oh, three yeah. events. Sure. What is the link? Well, is the it? link is, is that the Jews failed. They, they were induced. Because if you look closely at the story, mm-hmm. the golden calf was not initiated, but they went along. Mm-hmm. During the Babylonians, they, for whatever reason, compunction, willingness, they went along. They, they sinned because they were not obeying God and his laws. Then with the Romans, certainly there were many Jews that were apostate that wanted to go along with the Romans and the Greeks. They enjoyed that lifestyle. So they, too, were going along. So each time you've got they to compromise their, their faith and their... With somebody else's God. And now you have just learned, you and probably the audience, why the Jews have T-shirts that says, hey, you guys need to convert and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, we've been there, done that. So we've... Oh, so they... Yeah, so when anybody, because everybody's goal... And the, some people are great and sincere, kind people, the Christians. Some are not so kind, the Muslims. But they all got to get the Jews to change. Well, the Jews read the same Bible you do. And it's, to them, they got the message at last. <laughs> we don't do that. Well, yeah. It, although, although, <laughs> although you're going to tell me, me about your, here. your religious I point mean, of view again. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't come up with the idea of Jesus. Jesus yeah. was not our, I mean... Uh-huh. Speaking for Gentiles everywhere. Well, no, the Messiah I certainly mean, we is. Didn't, we didn't invent him. He actually came to us from you guys. He was. Well, so it is a little different in a way. Yes. Uh, no, you're 100% right. And I think Jesus, I'm going to shock you with what I'm about to say. And I'm probably going to get a little bunch of, if we have any rabbis listening, their ears are going to go up. Okay, everybody brace yourself. Put your seatbelt on. Yikes. I have, for my personal work, yeah. I have discovered that what is told about Jesus from the Christians is really not accurate. I have discovered what was told by the Jews about Jesus is really not accurate. <laughs> well, and I did the work, and I actually yeah. co- worked with somebody else. We took butcher block paper with six months doing this. I have discovered something. Jesus was teaching over 72% of all Jesus' teachings and statements in the four Gospels was actually straight out of the book of Deuteronomy. He was teaching God's laws. All my life, I grew up with the idea that, well, Jesus was leaving the law and the other guys were doing the law. Mm-hmm. Well, I we've discovered from our work mm-hmm. that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, none of that stuff they're quoting is or ever has been Jewish law. And I caught one about picking the seeds when you're going mm-hmm. through a field and and eating, I thought, wait a minute, there's something wrong with that. And many others. That's, you're a great help well, to us as we go through the New one. Testament because you help us with those kind well, of things. Well, when I went back, I found out that they were actually not teaching law, though in mm-hmm. most churches here, they were teaching law, but they weren't. Jesus was teaching God's laws. That's one of the two things. The two major things I think I've learned from you, Jacob, is uh, Jacob it helps us as we move through Old and New Testaments, giving that the historical, that linguistic, that that cultural perspective, the Jewish perspective of the scriptures, without which I don't think we could ever really completely understand. This is both Old and New Testaments are written by Jews and, and to a great extent to Jewish people, although there are, as in the Epistle of Galatians, for example, and others, that we're looking at a Gentile audience as well. But basically it's, it's Jesus was a Jewish man. His followers were Jewish men and women. Uh, 
so it's a Jewish book, and he, he the the thing I've captured, and maybe you you tell me if I've misunderstood what you said, but two of the factors that we look at in the New Testaments when we lose, well, when, let's be politically correct. Please say Mister understood instead of misunderstood. Mister, okay, the word Mister understood is that one. I think often we underestimate the extent of compromise, the extent of the corruption that was present in the in in Jerusalem in Israel in the time of Jesus. We we often we misunderstand the 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 the, um, the, the Sanhedrin. Uh, um, the, the the high priest, the, the Sanhedrin itself, the Jewish leaders of that time, a lot of the leadership of Israel at that time was terribly compromised, and and uh, and they had... Wait, wait, let's, let, let's not say men, compromised. Some let, of them let's, bought, let's put some butter on this bread. Okay. I, I, they were apostates. Okay. King Herod, I don't care what anybody says, he was not Jewish. He's even in all Christian Bibles. He's called Idomenian, which is Greek, mm-hmm. for the word... Uh, a descendant of Esau, Edom. Herod is from Edom. He acted like a Jew. He said was he, he was half Jewish. No, that, no, no, no. That okay, you're I'm, talking I'm, about a later son of Yad. Okay, because there's another guy named Herod. Okay, but he was not. And the law says you can never have a non-Jew be king. Uh-huh. All right, there's one violation. Well, the Jews wouldn't have done that. Pontius Pilate, he. Was not even from the tribe of Levi. Look, check. He's not from the tribe of Levi. How did he get to be the chief priest? Is because they bought, they sold, and the Romans only put people in there they wanted. Now we're talking about uh, what was Caiaphas, right? Caiaphas. I meant. I meant. I apologize. Uh, Caiaphas. Yes. All right. We'll chalk it down to the fever that you yeah, have. Yeah. Well, but... I do. I, I, I'm a little hoarse, and I have a little. A little Compromise and the corruption that was present in the time of Jesus. And another thing, we do underestimate how often Jesus actually got it right. He was not. I want to. Be, I, I boy, I'm, I'm not looking to pick a fight, but I will tell you, I personally have not been able to find it with all the gospels. I can't find one that Jesus quoted that was not Jewish law. Now, about 18% is not in the Bible, the Torah itself, but that 18% actually comes from the Talmud. 340 340-9585. 340-9585. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers, and whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563, 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist, Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? 
Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Blessed is the man who walks in your favor. Who loves all your words. Hides them like treasure In the darkest place Of his desperate heart This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. Thank you for joining us. This is the Bible Live. We are going to be discussing a little bit more. I'm sure Jacob's got a little more in his under his cap today about the book of Job. I'm kind of oh, giving him a lot. There's I'm giving something. you a lot of leeway in these yes, programs because Job in particular is his favorite book it of the Bible. It is my favorite book. And, and it's the bur- book I learned the most about God. And I want you to be able to talk a little bit more okay. about it. Get all, get it all said, brother. Okay. Put it, okay. Pour it out. Can we go to uh, something in Job? Well, we got Harold. Perhaps Harold likes Okay, to yeah, maybe Harold would like to talk a little bit about that too. We have Ecclesiastes. Now this Uh-oh. is, uh, it's almost like the book of Proverbs, right? Is it? Junior, Proverbs Junior, or is this an additional collection of? Uh, uh, this is actually sayings? Hebrew. It's the word Kohelis, uh-huh. which means collector. So, and then I forgot one of the last chapters of Ecclesiastes. He says, "I have searched the world and collected all these things." So he's telling you, "I'm a collector of these famous statements." He didn't really oh. write them. Now, isn't this all? Ecclesiastes means the preacher. Yes. Uh, and we I, all know is that preachers. the Greek word or? Uh, Come from the. I'm sure it is Greek. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and because uh, uh, they have a, I forgot the word, but you you'd know more about that than I would. Yeah. But they, uh, <clears throat> but there is no doubt that most preachers uh, have the talent of adapting other people's things to brilliant and very very dramatic use. If they're especially if they're asking for donations. So it's not plagiarism in this mm, case. It's not plagiarism. No. <laughs> in fact, I wrote my own speech one time. It begins like this. Uh, four score and seven, seven years, years ago. ago I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never heard that before. All right. So Ecclesiastes, I, I like a lot of people like Ecclesiastes because it seems to trace to some degree 
the the rise and the fall and then the rise again, the kind of getting back up on his feet of Solomon. He was a uh, he ruled Israel for 40 years and he seemed to start well. And then he sunk into uh, depravity and, and, you know, all of his wives and sin and so on. And then it seems like in the, his older, later years, he kind of came back to faith and back to uh, the fundamentals of, you know, this is the sum of all wisdom is to know God and to walk with him and so on. So he seems to come back around. Is it, it, do you all see it that way as well? It's a little, a little bit of a picture of his spiritual kind of uh, his journey. The most important thing in the entire, well, I want to tell you, Ecclesiastes, we'll use that term. Uh-huh. He says in there. You remember a song in the 60s called Everything Turns yep, and Turns yep. and Turns? Turn, that comes turn. from Ecclesiastes. I know. But I usually it, play he that. He says, how do we really know? Now, this captures the Jewish concept of heaven and hell, or heaven and earth, I should say. He says, how do we know that the animal's body goes to dust, but the spirit rises? So he's actually talking about the Jewish concept. See, when Jesus was on the cross, and he says, I command my spirit to you, God, Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a first-time event for him. That is the Jewish religion. So he's saying whatever Jew thinks. I should say they sincerely think, or All they right. know. All right. But they, so when he's saying that's a very comfort, I'm giving God my spirit back, but my body goes to this. You know. Anyway, but then he ends Ecclesiastes with, it says, here's the sum of all things. Fear God, observe his commandments. That is the whole lot of man all right so that's what i'm saying he kind of comes back around to um he comes back around uh i want to play that you want to play what i'm talking to john here um so he kind of which of the knobs here do i turn to play that he comes back around to faith right after all those years of wandering and well i i, I don't know that i would go with the word faith I think he comes back around to there has to be love, there has to be faith. That That's a given. Without that, it doesn't make any sense. But he's going back around to doing God's love. Right. This is the song that Jacob says actually does come by the birds that way back in what, 60s or 70s? Yeah. To every season there is a perfect a lot of folks didn't know it came right out of the scriptures, right out of the book of Ecclesiastes. So, Isn't uh, that yeah, fascinating? Demonstrate what you said was true there. So we've got Ecclesiastes. We could talk about the Song of Songs. This is a wedding song. Uh, it celebrate evidently the wedding of Solomon, right, with it, with the first of his seven hundred wives or whatever. Uh yeah, I think he had what three hundred wives, seven hundred concubines. What did what do Jews in general think of the book, this book, Song of Songs? Is, uh, is it even revered okay. at all? Are you prepared? Oh, uh, okay. I'm kind of. Yeah, you know it's not going to be your way, don't you? Okay. Uh, it's the idea of the Jewish people, Israel, talking and God talking to them. You are my beloved. This is how I feel about you, and and that love for life that human beings share because they're made in God's image is that, I'm not going to use the word. No, wait a minute. I just got to jump in real quick. Yeah, sure. We see it the same way, by the way. Do you understand? You, no, did you know I did, that? No, sorry. I did we take it that. the exact same way that this so is God talking. So you think he's talking to Israel? 
But remember my understanding oh, of Israel. But, yes, but you're grafted in. Okay. We're part of Israel, gotcha, the people gotcha, of God. Gotcha. God is okay. speaking to his people. So it's really more more viewed as God talking to his beloved. Mm-hmm. And who's ever part of Israel would be that beloved. There you go. So we see it the same in that sense. Well, I least. like that. Now, I did not know that, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. I have learned something. John, mark this down. <laughs> You know, you never have to mark the dates when I learned something from Jacob, but the times when he actually gleaned something from me, is, is those are special days. Is this a special well, day say, on the Jewish know, they calendar? Say, they say as you go through the fields, always leave something for the people to come afterwards and glean. There you go. That's what you just did. You gleaned a little bit. Well, anyway, that's, it, it is interesting to know that we we join you in that perspective of the book of the Song of Songs. and the uh, it, Although a lot of people... Almost take the Song of Solomon as, uh, I hate to say it like this, it, it, it's almost like a romance manual or a you know kind of a sex manual because it does talk about I gotta be real intimacy and so on. I got to be real gentle with this, but let me tell you something. You're not known for that, okay? But I'm okay. not. I'm a. <laughs> I, I, I'm stumped because I'm such a teddy bear. <laughs> okay, all right. At any rate, um, uh, okay. We are made in God's image. Actually, may I point out in Genesis, it doesn't say we're made in his image. It says we're made in his image, comma, and his likeness. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I'm, uh, you're on to something. I've never heard uh, you talk about well, this. So what we got here is part of being in his image and likeness. We're not God, but we're more or less in his shadows. So we have aspects and characteristics that God has. What do you think really makes Men and women want to love and even make love, have sex. What is that drive for life? So the Jews understand it in a very real sense. We're not talking something lascivious here at all. Right. So we're talking about that drive that why men and women want to marry or have babies, have love. That also, that instinct, that uh, characteristic, uh, that uh, attribute, shall we say, is kind of the, what had God had when he was creating humankind. He wanted, we've heard many people say he wanted children. Well, he wanted more than that. So this, if we're made in his image, his likeness too, then we have the things, not just physical, but these other things. The Jews believe there are seven emotions and seven mental attributes that we also got from God. Mm, that's interesting. And that's why the rainbow, believe it or not, they understand, has seven colors. But that's a that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that that's a little further yeah, out. Than I know, I, I know. Go, let's, so, so let's forget that. Okay. But the point is, is that so? <laughs> but that thing that makes love is the thing that God kind of experienced. I suggest it in that manner when He was wanting and creating human beings. Yeah, that, so and, we, and that He built we, into we, us as yeah, well. Yeah. So that, we carry that characteristic with us. See, we have somewhat the same picture there, in that. Uh, created in his likeness, in his image, and like is that we are personal and we are social beings. Uh, we understand that God, in, in His core, is a personal being, intellect, emotion, and will. Uh, you know, kind of defining attributes or characteristics of personhood. So we have that in common, and that uh, we are social creatures. In our understanding, that's part of our understanding of the Trinity, of the Godhead, the uh, three persons, the Father, we think of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but three distinct persons in the Godhead, that God in his very core, in his essence, is a social uh, is a social God. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the oneness that they experience is not a scientific 
biological oneness, but it's a it's a relational oneness. They are one with each, perfectly united, perfectly in harmony with each other. The three persons of the Godhead, as uh, with their love for each other, their character, their attributes, their 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 will, their plan, their design, and their action, they function in total perfect harmony with one another, in love with one another. And so, at at the very core, the God uh, that we see of the of the scriptures is is a social, a social God, and as you said, he created humanity to call out a people for himself to draw us into that oneness relationship uh, in the Godhead. Uh, Paul talks about that. Uh, Jesus actually prays about it in John 17. He said, Father, bring them, my followers, bring the, your people here. Bring them into that oneness with, that you and I have enjoyed from eternity past. Bring them into that harmony with that oneness relationship with us, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Bring them in. And, of course, we understand that's what glory, heaven, is all about, is that we'll be there to celebrate and to enjoy oneness with our God and oneness with God's people uh, through eternity. That's the idea of it. So it, we do kind of have the same, it's a little bit of the same picture you're talking about. It It comes out of the the fact that we are uniquely created in his image and his likeness with that that social and that that relational, um, that impetus that we desire. We, we're not, we want, Society. We well, want can I put it this way? That desire for creation. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what we're talking about. God had, and the only way I can describe it is a love, perhaps, and I don't mean like a sexual nature, but he had a, mm-hmm. a desire, a drive for creation. Mm-hmm. Human beings carry that attribute with them. Mm-hmm. They have the desire for creation of their own kind, yeah, children after yeah. them. My wife talks about that in her in some of her teaching and classes about how that comes out of that flow. She asked people, in fact, uh, when she's teaching at Lackland with our ministries there with the airmen and women. And I, I she asked them, why do God we want to have children? This, and it, when she, God says, she teaches that. But when God says stuff, isn't it fascinating that he does? What does he do to teach love? He, te- he teaches love by his laws. He doesn't teach emotion. He says, you just got to feel this way, fellas. Right. No, no. He's saying, look, this is what love is. You do this, you do this, you do this. In fact, in Matthew, I'll quote your Jesus here. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, you shall love the Lord, the God of your heart, soul, and might. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2230 or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so he's talking about how love works. And it's exactly what God did. He didn't just say, love, love, love. He said, let me show you. And he did acts. Of creation, I'm looking for that um, passage in John. I think it's 14. I have loved you, Jesus says to his fathers, as the Father has loved me. Remain, abide in my love. When you obey my commandments, oh, what was you... that? Oh, I'd like to point out that it was a deed. See, in in Christianity, it's a, it's a lot about a creed. In Jewish stuff, it's a lot about a deed. And you just read it. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey ah, my Father's my commands. Love. I'm sorry, I keep telling everybody, it's the deeds, it's the deeds <laughs> that teach obey you my father's, Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Uh, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. And he says, uh, I, I, and he goes on with that same, that same passage, John 14, uh, is very clear on this. And I'm looking for that passage where it says, when you love me, uh, you'll keep, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments right. and you'll experience. And 
Thank it, you for bringing it, it that says up. I, I am so pleased yeah. because that confirms exactly why yeah. the idea is is that what you do is what shows love. That's right. And, and of course, that a lot of people don't know that. We think of it as a feeling or an emotion that we have and so on. But uh, the biblical understanding of love is acting. It's what it's what we do. It's a decision we make to give people reverence, to give people respect, to give people uh, to work in their favor, to act in their favor. Listen, well, anyway, before we go on, do you want to do Harold? Yeah. Then let's jump into Job because there's something very interesting. Job. Right, I, again, I apologize for my hoarseness. Oh, well, that's all right. You're a little pony today. So let me see if I can bring my friend Harold up here on the phone. They call me Little Pony. Harold, you're on the line with us here at the Bible Live. Thanks for calling in. How you doing, friend? Oh, I'm doing better now. Uh, better? Thanks, you, you uh, sound like you've been a little under the weather as well. Yeah, I've been out of work for two weeks. and oh, Lance. My emergency room passed out in the bathroom, but that's okay. I'm, you know, I'm on the road to recovery. Um, well, what did you uh, do? I wonder, well, what's did, new? Did you do something to cause that, or did it, was it just sort of a... A, a fit that came. Uh, I basically passed out, and uh, my my heart rhythm changed a little bit. Shortness of oxygen to the brain, this and that, and I, you know, I had a little staple in my head for ten days, and oh, I went to the uh, the cardiologist, and they did all these stress tests the other day, and I'm going to find out on the 12th of August and how they're going to readjust things. Well, I'm you- in really good shape. It's just. I'm not used to being, uh, not moving around that much, you know. Heat, was it heat related or something you ate? No, no, no. No, I was already in bed and everything. It, it just happened to be my number was called oh, and, uh, almost my number was pulled out. Yeah. And, uh, that's just the way that happened. And thank goodness it happened because on the, uh, on the good side is at, in the emergency room at that mission hospital we have over here. On the EKG, they found out that I had this problem that's called a, a conduction delay. It's too much to get into and what it means, but you can look it up. Uh-huh. But uh, so their technology, modernized and all this, found this. And so it was really good that it happened. So my uh, my uh, heart doctor, you know, the cardiologist said that if this would have kept going, I would eventually have had a heart attack. Well, I don't know how many years, but it would have finally killed me. But you know, we're going to get it, and that's why I haven't called in. God gave you a little bit of a gave you a little bit of a heads up, huh? Oh, how yeah, you know. And the thing about that, huh? And you're saying you got a heads up? How funny! So heads, I know, I know. I've tried. Well, I was working. You know, I do. In the head, huh? Yeah, I heard your song. You know, the anchor holds. I remember we talked about that a while back. Uh huh. And, uh, yeah, it was real nice to hear. Jimmy Swagger does a very, very good version of that. I'm not yeah. promoting Jimmy, but yeah. remember my sister worked there for a year. But anyway, that. back to, <laughs> hey, back let to me Job. Ask you and, what did, what did yes, you learn? Uh, do, do you feel like maybe God taught you anything through the time of your uh, the, the illness and the thing you just went through? Is, uh, well, here's, what did, what yes, I've been from? thinking about that. Okay. Well, it's kind of funny, John. but, you know, when you talk about your Redeemer and he redeems you, he puts you back to 61 years old. He doesn't give you a brand new everything. He just puts you back where you were left off and start over from there. I see. That, that's, that's what I got. Okay. Because when I was real sick as a child, 
I looked in the mirror and hell, I was only 16. It looked like I got a brand new start. Uh-huh. But when you're 61, I, I got another start. Yeah. You know. And so it, it, anyway, we're talking about the Redeemer again, and I did listen to your show afterwards online, and I remember Jacob's uh, uh, favorite verse in Job 19, but yours really, uh, you know, Job 19.25, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth. Now, you know, uh, we're looking at this, and, you know, I'm going to say, you know, I'm looking at this, I was... Uh, born and raised a Christian, and I know all that, not all, but I know the idea. I listen to Chuck Swindoll a lot, fantastic uh-huh. um, illustrator and, and uh, preacher and everything. Uh-huh. And throughout the Bible, we can see that, okay, in Isaiah, okay, that's the Redeemer, that's the, that's the boy of Nazareth, and uh-huh. all throughout. But, but, we're looking down in Job at this point, and we're saying... Way back there. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're but we're saying it. We're looking down at this book, and we're saying on twenty five, the Redeemer lives, and we're assuming. I think we're assuming that that is Jesus of Nazareth. That's Jesus Christ. I, I confess, think I, I, that's I, what I, that is. When I read that, that's what I think of. Yes. Okay. Now, you know, like I said, I've had a lot of time to ponder things, and uh, so I, I'm wondering. He's, this person writing this, maybe he was looking up. And how do we know for sure who his Redeemer was, who who he was talking about? Not take anything away from the Christian world uh-huh. whatsoever. Oh, no, I understand. But just, a, just an extra spin, because we look at it in the 21st century or whatever we're in, and it's real easy to plant our ideas everywhere, and a lot of them work great. Kind of after the but fact, since this is, words, yeah. Yeah, and and so this is supposed to be the oldest, and I believe it is the oldest book in uh-huh. in the Bible, in the world's round, and he hung it up and all this circle stuff. Uh-huh. So looking up, yeah, the yeah and you know, and you know, isn't that funny? Uh, they kept all this world stuff a secret. You know, the world was flat till fourteen hundred, <laughs> but um, so so again. Yeah. I writing this, who is his redeemer, honestly? I mean, how do we know who's redeemer? There may be a Judaic take on it. There may be a Midrash on it. Well, let's uh, ask a Jacob. Christian may... Let's ask Jacob. Whenever Sorry? that passage in, in Job 19, I know you know about it, Jacob. But, you know, I know that my redeemer lives, and he shall stand on the latter day on the earth, and so on. Uh, and I think even Christian thought, I, I, I agree with Harold in the sense that... You, Job is talking about God, his Redeemer. Right, and and Harold makes a good point because since it doesn't say a Jesus name, or Messiah, we or have to uh, the Christians could easily say, "Hey, that's referring to Jesus." The Muslim could say it's referring to Allah. Uh, the Jews would say it is referring to God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which is essentially the same thing the Christians say. Well, okay, we, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, okay. And Christians <laughs> are on the same page. The Muslims are not. They're, they're, it's a little, yeah, they're not. And I'll tell you how you can prove it. Would you like to know real quick? Sure, you yeah. can always prove that Allah is a different God. By the fruit of the tree, you look at his laws. If he's the same God, then you you have the same laws. But if he has a law, you cut off somebody's hand. You can have slaves. Then it's not the same law. Therefore, the fruit's not the same. So it cannot be yeah. coming from the yeah. same God. The same God wouldn't have 
two opposing That's commands. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that, I think we're kind of a little bit on the same page there. And, and uh, I, I think your admonition is good, Harold. That insight is good. We don't know. I think it is. It's not inappropriate for uh, for Christians as we look on, because we don't we consider the work of the Messiah as an outworking of the redemptive plan of God, and right. it, it does say He will stand. In the latter day, we stand on the earth. It kind of does have some well, sense to it. Here's always puzzled me, Harold and Soapy. If in the Christian thought, there's a, in the Christian, the there's a Trinity, Father, Son, I guess Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, whatever. I, I think Spirit's probably better. <laughs> but, uh, I, ghost always kind of concerned me when I was a kid, well, at least. <laughs> yeah, I wish that but that's all right. I'm not translating it, but nice that they chose a better word. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, this is what always gets me. Let's say in the Christian thought that one of the Trinity and somehow they're all fully equal it's, and I think like tenets in common uh-huh, uh-huh. have full control of the whole thing uh-huh. okay so let's say that one of them is God if God that the Jews believe in is God and in the Trinity concept of Christians are not Jews believing exactly in the same God are not Christians believing in the same God? Uh, that is a that is a, I I I've always, now, I've always pondered on. That. I know. Yeah, me too. I've thought about it as well. How how different now? Don't isn't it true too that in even in Jewish thought there is some idea that there is a there's a plurality in in the Godhead. In, in, isn't the understanding that uh, most of the words are, are plural and uh, there is let yes. us let us create image okay. a God and a man yeah, in our image? You're going to pick a fight on that one. Well, no, okay, no. I'm not. I'm not trying no, to. I'm just when saying. It says the way the Jews read it is, it's talking about attributes of God, not God Himself. And I don't think you want to reduce Jesus to an attribute. No, no, no. Well, the, our understanding is that there are. It, it is. In some ways, puzzling when you the idea of three distinct persons, it is. Uh, but it, being one God, and of course we explain that oneness and that harmony is a is a perfect harmony. Like it's a relational. How, look, since you brought it up, we've never talked about it. Yeah. You want to take thirty seconds and talk about it? Oh, here, well, probably here. thirty seconds won't be enough, but we've got okay. two minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, here goes. When it says us an hour, because uh, God said. Lo- Make man in our image and us. Okay. The Jews are reading it textually. Line, verse 1 to verse 14. What he does he create? This is how the Jews read it. He's creating heaven and earth. And that's 1, Genesis 1, 1 to 1, 14. That's what he creates. Now, I'm doing this from memory. I hope I got it right. But, so he's created the heavenly realms and the earthly realms. Now God speaks, and he says, let us make this creature, this man, let us make him. In our image. In our image. Everything God makes is alive for God. So he's saying, I've made this earthly realm, I've made this heavenly realm. I'm going to make this new creature, and he's going to be made up of both parts of you. He's going to be spiritual and earthly, animal, Adam. Uh-huh. So they take it that he's talking to what he has just created. Yeah. No, and I don't. I don't have really any problem with that. Of course, our understanding of the idea of the the triune nature or the the plurality in the Godhead 
is it based just that particular passage? It seems like all through the uh, the Hebrew Scripture, the Tanakh, there's this idea of this uh, the the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling or an emotion or a force, an impersonal force. That's right. The Holy Spirit is a person. He has intellect, emotion, will. And so we kind of get trapped into the idea that there are these three distinct persons, but, but they function in total perfect harmony and oneness with each other. Uh, so it's a relational harmony that we're talking about, not scientific or biological or whatever. So, and that we're being brought relationally into that relationship as well. Harold, I've got to say goodbye to you. Thanks for calling in. We'll be praying for your health and get better. Pray for Jacob the same way that he gets better as well. Folks, that's uh, our second segment is already over. So if you'd like to give us a call and sound off about uh, the book of Job, Ecclesiastes, some of these passages, give us a call, 340-9585. Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back having a heavy, heavy discussion here in the studio tonight. Uh, Jacob is here joining me. Uh, John, of course, is keeping us on the air and solving our technical problems and helping us take our calls. But you can join us for the last segment here of the Bible Live. We've been kind of looking at the books of Job, we t- discussed a little that. We talked a little bit about the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, a, a collection of sayings. It, it's a little bit of uh, Proverbs light, I guess, but it but it shows a, a little, reflects a little bit the journey of faith. The, he, J- Solomon starts out with great potential, he, great. Uh, he's resolved, you know, to follow God and obey God, but then he. Drifts off into idolatry, into many wives, and, and and those are not those are related themes. It wasn't just all about some of his wives were political unions and so on. Some of them were uh, romantic and all, but the idea is that they led him into idolatry. Uh, his wife, just as God warned uh, the, the people of Israel about, yeah. and so he drifts off into uh, lasciviousness and idolatry, and it, it and he. Do you, falls into, in the Christian world, don't you refer to Solomon as being a, a wise man, perhaps the wisest man on earth? Yeah, yeah, that is talked about. But a lot of people don't understand that he really took a... he took a, No, 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 the point is... He took a journey not, away from that, God. No, being a wise man is only the first step. Yeah. You must have understanding, you must have knowledge. And the point that he, yeah. that's really being said to in the Jewish world is, look, he got the inspiration, the wisdom from God, but then he never used it. He didn't apply he, it. He yeah. didn't. Yeah, because you have to have understanding. I may give you a kernel, a kernel of corn, but I gave you that. That's your wisdom. But unless you have understanding that you go plant it. And if you have knowledge that it then grows into a stock of corn, but you have to have the knowledge to take that air corn and make it to bread. Okay. If you don't have those other saying, all you've got is that. And if you just and all he had was that's not that's a backhanded compliment when it says he's the wisest man. In other words, he had all wisdom. But he had no understanding, no knowledge. Yeah, see, and that's one thing I've noticed that we, I, I, I've actually begun to go along with you that we kind of reverse those values. We say, 
You start know, off with knowledge, and then you come to understanding, in, and then you go to in our culture, ultimately come to in wisdom. In our culture, we use wisdom as the ultimate. It's the entry the point. The Bible uses wisdom as only the beginning. The entry point, And you will yeah. find nowhere. In fact, when the, if you look closely in Exodus, when, and it's all over. It's in Proverbs everywhere. I won't go into it right now. It always comes in the order. Always the same order. And when it tells them how to build the ark, it says, I have imbued them with knowledge. And understanding. And I'm sorry, I gave him wisdom. I gave him understanding. And now they have knowledge to build it. That's what he says. Okay. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. In I, fact, did you know that? Frankly, a, you've, you've convinced me, and I'm ready to kind of take the leap of well, I, I will, understanding I, those truths in that order. I would yeah. say uh, there's no place, that I, and I'm sincere, in the Bible where it gives them out of that order unless it's making a point. For example, in the, in the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses makes a statement, you've got wisdom and you've got knowledge. The rabbis, the sages throughout the ages have written just books on why the word understanding is missing. Uh-huh. And where the Jews were messing up, they didn't have the understanding. Uh-huh. And that's and so that means something. So that's what Moses was trying to communicate yeah. to anyway, them. So, exactly. Anyway, so, but listen, I know All right. you know, for, I we've know got this a, final segment. I'm, I'm, final segment. I'm eager to hear to from you. We're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Okay. I would like everybody to know that uh, in the beginning um, Job has three friends it's Aliphaz which is actually ends up being a son of uh, Esau mm-hmm. and then there's a Bildad who is uh, d- uh, also from another person that becomes a, today what would be construed an Arabic tribe he's the uh, shortest <laughs> shortest man in the Bible Bildad the Shuhite, right? Oh, yeah, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> I'd throw that in there. And then the third guy, of course, is Zophar. Mm-hmm. Now, he also comes. Now, his name really is referring to an area, not a people. And Isn't there a movie about that? Don't something with the, don't mess with the Zophar or Zohan? Uh, oh, forget I, it. I, I, will, I, will, I will defer to you and John. No, ignore that. Uh, <laughs> forget anyway, that. So these guys are actually what you and I would, and had religions that were different at that even at that time than Job's religion. Uh-huh. And so what happened is they all, as time and centuries went on, they became amalgamated, amal, amalgamated, and they became what today make up many of the tenets of the Islamic religion. Mm-hmm. But now this is why I bring all that up. Now, I know there are books written, like one is The Purpose Driven Life. Mm-hmm. I actually sat through a Catholic class, and it was a good class, and they were using that book. And I kept uh, discreetly, because I was a guest, mm-hmm. but I said, you know, the guy who wrote this always quotes these three guys. And I said, I said, you know that... They uh, were, and the Catholic class was studying... The book, uh, there is What's his name's book? Uh, Purpose, Purpose Driven, Driven Life. Life huh? Yes. Okay. And I said, you know that these guys are continually quoting these wonderful verses because what happens is we take a verse we just like, we just wrap our arms around and say, oh, I love that verse. And it must be true because I love it. What makes it true is I love it. And love doesn't make things true. Truth <laughs> makes truth. And I kept saying, you know, with, it you know, sounds so good and it makes me, well, maybe we misinterpret it so what happens from its context. Is, and yeah. I kept trying to politely point out that uh, at the end of the book of Job, God himself shows up. And guess what he says about these three guys? May I read? They were all wrong. Well, he said something like that. May I read? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, verse 42, beginning at verse 7. 
Then after God had spoken these words to Job, he's telling Job, okay, Job, you know, confess all this stuff. Then he comes, after he's spoken these words to Job, God said to Aliphaz the Temanite, I am angry at you and your two companions too, because you did not speak correctly on my behalf or tell the truth about me, as my servant Job did. Now you three, as he says, now you take, but it means you three, take seven bulls, seven rams, go to my servant Job, offer a burnt offering for yourselves, and my servant Job, he will we'll pray, pray for you. For you. He's yeah. telling them, you know, everything you said in the book of Job is wrong. I never said that. You made that up about me. You made it sound beautiful, but I didn't say that. And I'm going to tell you what the real, the basic theme of a lot of them is. And boy, I'll tell you, some people ought to call in now if they want to argue about this. One of the one guy says, Job, you really are a sinner. You know, I know you did all these bad things, but we know as a reader he's not because God said he wasn't. Not. He may have been at one time, but he repented. He said that. But mm-hmm. So that one guy says you're a sinner. We know that's wrong. Then the other guy says, you know, Job, you just don't get the whole picture. Uh, you just got to let God be God, and it all just kind of fits together for the best. And the third guy gives a theme about, well, you know, the good and the bad are both doing God's ways. And you sit back and you say, well, that sounds very reasonable to me. And Those would, are part of some major philosophical trends even today, even those ideas. Even today in, in the religious world. And then you got God coming up and saying, I'm angry at you. I never said that. You said things about me that I never said. Right. And you have to stop and think, well, wait a minute. So that means all these eloquent speeches that they're giving on correction and about God, they certainly are doing it about their religion, their God. But it's not about Job's God, which is the God of Abraham. The true and living God, yeah. And he says, so now you let Job pray for you. And I think that's fascinating. That uh, that he would say to those guys, and they all they come from you know Esau and different lands, and today we know that those are they had their own religions, and they eventually became Allah, and in the Islamic religion today, and and I'm not trying to put anybody down, it's just one of those facts, mm-hmm. like uh, for example, the moon god um, is called Nanar in Babylon, that became Nanar is the moon god. That was what, and what are the, in the Muslim religion they pray and they bow to the moon. It all became tenements of the Islamic religion. That's just how it is. It's, and it's got and how you know the difference, as they say, the fruit of the tree. In the, the Islamic symbol yes, has yes, a, yes, but that's all that's the there. Moon in, that the, comes from different places, mm-hmm. but it all gets amalgamated into what we call Islam today. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I don't mean to make anybody angry, but it is a, it is a fact. So. And when you've got that and you know that's going on, you can see the trend of where it came from. And they were they to make up basically the Arabic and Persian worlds even today. Well, so. that that is relevant to today in a lot of ways. And I don't mean to steal from your thunder here. In this segment, I wanted you to talk about Job and the, that insight that you have. It's your favorite book. Maybe even uh, Ecclesiastes. Maybe even some... Uh, Song of Songs. I don't know my, what might be in your heart there. Now, I, I, I think we'll reserve a little time at least to talk a little bit about Paul's letter to the Galatians, okay. to the believers up in the Galatia, this region of of uh, the world of that time. But uh, this is all relevant because aren't we as a nation even kind of going through somewhat of the same examination? Are we going to continue to follow after 
uh, the, the, the God who helped bring forth America, uh, the, the historical, historically accurate truth is that uh, basically we were a nation that came founded uh, coming out of the Judeo-Christian ethic and, and uh, understanding of God, the, uh, the Bible and the, the scriptural view of God. And we're in the process in some ways of abandoning um, abandoning that. Well, we're doing, I know you like me to pronounce hard the T, syncretism. Yeah, we are we are compromising the we faith of the God of the Bible as well. I noticed that uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, even this week the, she names her vice presidential candidate, and he is a guy who is just uh, almost violently ever. I mean, really a very hard oh, anti. You have baited the hook, haven't you? Well, I, I, yeah, okay, well, a little bit. I got, and I'm wondering I got, if isn't. I know what you're driving. Aren't we doing the same yes. thing? Of well, let's talk about him for ten seconds. Okay. Look, <laughs> but look, let's say this: I everybody owns their own vote. You can vote for your own French poodle, cocker spaniel, anybody you want. You you own your vote. When it belongs to you, you're free to do it what you want. But from my opinion, I do not know how a Jew now could even consider or a, a real Christian could even consider voting for the ticket. And I'll tell you why. Because that person she picked is the guy that was one of the, like nine or ten Democrats that walked out on Benjamin Netanyahu. We're not listening to an Israeli speech. Benjamin Netanyahu, right? When he was speaking, uh, when he was speaking from Israel, two, he walked out. This guy walked out. That's now the vice president nominee. He would not talk to him. Would not have a meeting. He a hundred percent seems to, and he makes statements about this, supporting Palestinians. Now this is the guy that's now running, and I do not see how a Jew. A real Christian could support that. I don't understand that. I truly don't. Now, does does has somebody have the right to cast a vote? Sure, they do. They own their vote. If I own it, it's mine. I can do what I want to with it. I think of people that so many people just pull pull the D lever. It's just, I'm a Democrat. I've got to do this because I'm a Democrat, and they don't make their decision based on the issues and and you know praying about it, looking at the values involved. They just, I'm a D. I'm an R. I've got to pull this R lever. And and I'm not. I don't think that should be the basis that, well, which we vote for anyone on I that. Understand. Just the, the D or the R. We got to well, look at the values I, involved. I know you want to talk about Galatians. Yeah, so I don't g- want to get give too me stuck one on that, more minute, sure. and I'll let you go. Sure. <laughs> um, I want so in over in chapter forty-two, uh, verse nine. I'd like to read that. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zephar the Namanite went and did as God had spoken to them, and God showed favor to Job. Now, let's stop. If we pause for a moment, here's Job that's been ridiculed by these guys, argued with, put down, but they repented. So they did what God said in the end of the story. And then Job prayed for him, And then it says, And God showed favor to Job. Because he allowed them to do their repentance. Now, I'm going to lay a bomb out here. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The book of Job is read with all the other aspects in it that everybody wants. The righteous guy, the thing that's confusing, why does bad things happen, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to suggest another theme that never gets talked about. It's the oldest book in the Bible, and it's about Israel and whoever are components of Israel. Israel, it's prophecy, because even 
is I think it's uh, is Isaiah says, no, no, Zechariah, Zechariah, chapter eight. Whoa, I, it came back to me. Somebody told me, uh, chapter eight, Zechariah says, ten Gentiles, ten nations will grab the cloak of a Jew. Now, that could be referring to the Islamic world. I don't know, but I know this that the way I read this, and I, some other fine scholars read it this way, this is a story characterizing Israel as Job. He will be attacked, and over the centuries, his children, Israel, Job, shall we say, his children have been killed. We all know that over and over and over through the centuries. Things that you don't even pay attention to because it doesn't concern you. Mm-hmm. But at the end, he's still there, and he has more children. And if you look at it as it being Israel, that's exactly what it is. You can't make up for dead children, but you have more. You don't give up. You lose somebody you love, you keep going. That's the idea. God said keep going. That was why they were chosen, just to keep going with the Torah, God's Word. That's all. Yeah. Nothing special. They have no superiority over anybody. But at the end, the other world, the, these other guys with their religions, they convert. Mm-hmm. God says, I didn't say that. They said, you know what? You're right. They convert. Joe prays for him, and Joe could take out a very big grievous anger on him if he wants to. But instead, he prays for them, and their repentance is accepted. And, and then he has more children. Mm-hmm. I say, you, and we all know through Israel, you know, the Holocaust, the, the destruction, uh, almost two and a half people, million people were killed in Jerusalem when they destroyed the temple. People talk about the destruction of the temple. We did tonight. Uh, uh, between one and a half and two million Jews were killed in Jerusalem when that temple was destroyed. People don't know that. The reason there's Jews around the world today is called diaspora, is because Rome sent the rest of them out around the world on one condition, that they had to leave Israel, of course. And General Titus, I believe it was, it was Titus, I could be wrong, and he wrote a letter that still exists that says, my men are tired from lifting their arms. He didn't care about the killing. He says men were exhausted from killing Jews. And so he said, okay, they can stop killing if, they'll, if they send them out throughout the world. And then they changed, to be an insult, the name of Israel to to honor the Palestinians, but it came out uh, uh, not Palestinians. It was supposed to be Philistines, but it came out in Rome. Mm-hmm. Palestinian. That's how it all happened. Mm-hmm. Now let's. I've got a thought day. for you that just comes out of uh, just out of what you've just spoken about. Is it possible? Because you talked about the fact that out of this judgment and this time of difficulty and suffering, Job, God. Uh, with repentance and the right attitude, God God multiplies his more children. And, so, and I'm just thinking that coming out of the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70 comes the greatest expansion of the people of Israel through this rabbi, Jesus. Uh, these, If we take my idea that we Gentiles are just grafted, we've... We're basically Jewish converts. I, I listen. I know what you're talking about. Could that be the I explosion? Can't dis- the- I cannot disagree that they should be counted as children. Okay. It, it, that we are. Isn't that what you're driving at? Well, I'm just saying, just as, just as, the 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 explosion of, of the blessing on Job after his mm-hmm. repentance and it's like praying for these men, he experienced this great blessing. Well, we all maybe know. maybe the the engrafting of millions of Gentiles into yes. the into the. Worshiping the true and living God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, maybe 
we're part of that explosion and blessing that came after this suffering. Well, it absolutely did. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Maybe that. it could be related to that in some way. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't think maybe. I think yeah. for sure. How about that? I know there's a call. Is that call still there, John, or are you ignoring him? <laughs> Joe, John's so caught up in our conversation. Well, we, got, we had three, three calls. All right, let's get them. Let's see who we got. Uh, uh, Galatians, in fact, might relate sorry, also. So we went no further. Go, to go on the to same Galatians. topic. Um, j- just it's written about fifty-seven to fifty-eight uh, A.D. Just a f- not very many years at all after the life of Messiah. Uh, it's probably written from Corinth uh, as Paul was there after the Book of Romans. S- some people call it Romans light. Uh, uh. R- Paul wrote this very complete theological presentation to the to the believers in Rome and then he writes this uh, book to Galatians it has some of the same themes a lot of the theological uh, beauty uh, the explanation of uh, now it's kind of a, a return and explanation of of Judaism of, of the promises of God from the Hebrew scriptures but in light of the having come of the Messiah the the new what 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 uh, conclusions can we draw now from uh, now that Messiah has come and carried out his work and his ministry it's it's an amazing amazing book it's got some wonderful uh, themes in it the fatherhood of God is creator the redeemer the savior the redeemer of the world the the covenant maker all of these are part of the theme of the book of Galatians we find it also in Romans but in Galatians very succinctly and clearly presented let's go um, visit I think I've got the right line three here Ruth has called in, and we don't want to go too long without uh, taking your call, Ruth. Thanks for calling in tonight. Oh, yes, you're welcome. I just wanted to call on that political stuff you were talking about. There's a good movie out this weekend. I heard about it's it. It's called yes. Hillary's America. Yes. The history of the Democratic Party, and it's really very, very good. Be sure to say stay through the credits because he makes a last comment at the end of it that's really oh, worth I'm glad waiting for. I'm glad to hear that. I, yeah. I want to go see it myself. In fact, it's not only a movie out. It is, if I understand correctly, it's uh, the most watched. It, it is... Uh, Box office hit, evidently. Uh, is it really already? It just started Friday. I haven't I know. heard that. It, it has gotten uh, some really. Uh, so it's way good. up there this in terms a, of the, the watch. You the, know. I just recognize who Ruth is. Hello. Yes, Ruth. I missed you this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, and I appreciate Ruth you telling us about that. And I'm glad you gave us the heads about heads up about watching through the credits because usually yeah. the credits start, I leave. But uh, Most, got yeah, we always us, watch huh? the end of the credits. My husband always wants to know everybody. I mean, you saw the Dallas. If you watch the credits, you see the Dallas Police Department, and I mean, there's lots of good stuff in the credits. All right. <laughs> but anyway, he does make a really good statement at the end. Ruth, thank you appreciate well, you telling yeah. us about that uh very very good uh about hillary about this the, what were the realities of what we're looking at we really need in our country a huge doses of good truth and stop looking at things with the you know democrat republican and just look what is the truth about people who are trying to lead our country and yeah. it I know you wanted to mention Galatians. That's the only reason I'm jumping. Okay, into that. sure. But I know your first question to Galatians is, "What country is it today?" And I know we can't. Take Isn't a call. that interesting? Yes. <laughs> and and a lot of big stuff's been happening in this country. Right. Well, that's all right. What country is in Galatia is a Roman province of that era, but what modern nation is there today? And we're talking about Turkey, uh, and we're talking we're talking about a lot of stuff going on in our world today. Uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, a number of we and prayed about this morning. We prayed from because we worked out at Lackland with the Air Force uh, basic recruits, and and they knew about uh, our airport, our airmen. They're taking hostage there for a brief time over there. It doesn't isn't that humility? They were may be mad to kneel. I know. I and know. I've heard, I know. Did you know the reason about it's all been classified? They don't want us to know what really happened. What were, really happened? Yeah. I'm convinced but, that's true. Yeah. Their power was cut off. They went without uh, uh, air conditioning. The, uh, something weird about, going well, on I'm there. I'm not talking about how they were led to get captured. Yeah. There's something very strange there. At any rate, um, I also want to say, does it ever bother you as a Christian? You're uh-huh. a Baptist preacher. Uh-huh. You, you may, I think you know that. Right. I, I remember okay. it vaguely. Well, here's the idea. And you've been with Campus Crusades for 30 years. 45 years. 45 but who's counting? Yeah, but who's counting? And, well, uh, okay, and now you're with, now it's called crew, I know. But does it ever bother you that every one of these countries we read about in the book and the new, in the Christian mm-hmm. scriptures, the New Testament, mm-hmm. are now Islamic? No. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, well, it does. Bother does it me. bother you? It does. I, I, I guess I, I'll have to be honest with you. I don't usually think of that when I'm reading in the biblical context. You know, I think of that era, that time, and what was happening then. Of course, now the reality is a lot of the uh, a lot of that land does now fall under under um, uh, uh, Islamic influence and Islamic control. I, I guess I don't think about it. Um, it's funny. There's a little bit of a disconnect with me. Uh, I, I've traveled 35, 40 countries of the world. I've been a part of helping to take the message of the gospel to uh, Kazakhstan and, and Uzbekistan and to a number of Islamic countries. I've I've shown the Jesus film in a mosque in, in uh, Karaganda, Kazakhstan, by, for example. Uh, the imam invited us to come show the Jesus film in, about who Jesus was, the Messiah, and an and, and invitation to receive Christ. So, yeah, I've, I've had adventures and challenges and thrills, and I read about those in, in missiology magazines and so on. Uh, and sometimes I don't connect it, Jacob, to be honest with you. I don't think of it in terms of religiosity. I think of them in terms of human beings who, whatever they are, they need God. And they are... Our objective, our goal. I would like to see. We need to present the gospel. I think we're, as a world, we're fortunate for Christians. And it may be an odd statement for me to say uh, from some people's perspective, but I I thank God for for those Christians. Christians have done more to help this world than really, than the Jews could possibly do because they've got all the hospitals and schools. But I know we're out of time. (laughs) Well, I'd hate to cut off the kind remarks, and that is a a powerful statement coming from Jacob. We'll see you next week, folks. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.